educators. Is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Hi, elite educators. This is Gretchen of Always a Lesson, here to empower you to reach your potential. And in fact, you know I call you elite because only an elite educator would take time to invest in themselves by listening to a podcast just like this to help hone their craft. Today, I want to talk to you about conversing with purpose. And this podcast is especially for those teacher leaders who are building connections with their staff and students while also sharing valuable information. So let's get started. Ever since I was a kid, I was a leader. And I think it's something you're born with, but that isn't to say it can't be learned. And I think I learned the term used to describe me wasn't so flattering, I was called bossy, and to this day, that word sounds like nails on the chalkboard to me. But as a child leader, I wanted to help someone do something effectively, but I was lacking the skill to teach in a way that didn't come across as being bossy. And as I got older and became a teacher, I realized that teaching is kind of like bossing kids around, but in a productive way. You're sharing knowledge for best practices. You're saving students time. You know, you figured things out. The most efficient way to do something and you want to share that. Well, the same is true when you're working with other teachers. And when you're teaching teachers, you want to avoid sounding bossy. But you know that what you have to share is super helpful because it's proven to be efficient and effective. So how do you have a productive conversation with a colleague without sounding like a know-it-all or like you're talking down to them. I wasn't so sure of this answer when I started leading other teachers, and I thought about how I, as a kid, learned not to cross that line into being bossy. And I believe the answer is I learned patience and being open to others' ideas. And instead of just jumping down their throat with my way, you know, the value I wanted to share, I waited. I allowed them to share their side and then shared mine. My friends and I tended to meet in the middle, and I learned new ways to bring value to a relationship. This took years to acquire for me, unfortunately. I wasn't the gifted kid when it came to extinguishing bossiness. You know, I wish I had someone showing me how not to be bossy. I had so many people telling me not to be bossy, but no one told me how to do it differently. So I never got better. And you know, teaching yourself to get better at something takes forever. But luckily, eventually, I figured it out. So how do I, as a teacher now, not cross that line into bossing another teacher around? Well, enter my favorite book for teacher leaders. It's called Crucial Conversations. In fact, uh, the second version is out, and I believe it's called Crucial Conversations, Tools for Talking When Stakes Are High. And this is written by a slew of writers, but mainly by Carrie Patterson. And the gist is helping any leader that needs to have a difficult conversation so that the outcome becomes a win-win. 
And these conversations tend to be super awkward and hard to have, but they need to be had in order to move forward in a productive way. So go on Amazon right now, snag this book. If you're leading anyone in any field, this book is for you. So teacher leaders, you'll find this helpful when you have to share feedback with student teachers or mentees, uh, staff after professional development, anyone that you could be leading in the educational realm. There were so many times in my career that I was upset about something a colleague did or said, but then I never said anything to that person that upset me, and just mainly because it was too weird of a conversation to have. So what did I end up doing? Well, I complained nonstop about it to other people, and not surprisingly, my problem never got better. It just got worse, and I involved other people into my problem. Well, that definitely wasn't needed, and what wasted energy? Why not just talk directly to the person? I mean, they're the only one that can actually fix the problem, right? It's like if my roof were leaking in my house and I called my neighbor to complain, then told the mailman about it, then texted my cousin about it, none of these people can solve my problem. The person I need to talk to is a repairman specializing in repairing a roof. And the same is true in a school building. If you're frustrated with something a colleague did or said, you owe it to them to let them know. You know, how annoying must it be for me to be frustrated about the same problem over and over? And how annoying it must be for the other person that I'm frustrated with to never know what they're doing is frustrating. I would be upset if someone wished I didn't say or do something and then I never knew that they felt that way. That's mortifying, especially, you know, the more people that know instead of the one person that needs to know, which would have been me. So hopefully by this point in my podcast, you agree with me that a problem can only be fixed if it's brought to the surface, meaning if you don't talk about it, it'll never change. So let's do something about it. Let's now talk about how to solve this predicament. And let's go ahead and use a fake scenario of two teachers. So begin the scene. We have Miss A and Miss B. They're teaching third grade together at Lakewood School. And during planning one afternoon, Ms. B arrives late ranting and raving about the latest behavior incident in her classroom. So your team is halfway through planning and you're frustrated that Mrs. B is late and now wasting more time complaining. So fast forward, it's the end of planning and you and your teammates are heading back to class you start complaining about Mrs. B. Your colleagues start complaining too. And Miss B is back in the planning room gathering her belongings. So let's end the scene there. What is our problem? Well, Miss B arrived late is actually not the problem, although that seems to be the surface issue. Miss B didn't contribute to the planning discussion because she was late and she continued to talk about the behavior incident. The deeper issue is her lack of contribution, but although she was late, if she came in ready to work and had ideas and had value to share, your frustration wouldn't be present, or at least at high of a level as it is now. So what did Miss A do? She walked back to class complaining to people that couldn't ease her pain. She needed to be back in that room with Miss B talking about her frustration and then coming up with a solution. So let's rewind. Let's have Miss A respond in a productive way so she achieves the result she wants. So let's begin our scene. Hey, Miss B, do you have a second? I wanted to talk to you real quick. 
MSB is up for the conversation and is listening. So I can hear how you feel when a student misbehaves and it throws off your day. Sorry that you had to deal with that and ended up at planning later than usual. I wanted to talk to you about how I felt when that happened today. Just adult to adult, I felt frustrated that the rest of us on the team were planning and coming up with ideas, but that you continued talking about your misbehaving student situation. We don't have a lot of time to plan together, and we need everyone's ideas, and I just didn't feel like you were present with us because of that student. All right, end scene. So Ms. B is probably completely thrown off. No one has most likely ever come to her before privately one-on-one -on -one, to talk about something that frustrated them. So because Ms. A and Ms. B are colleagues, they most likely have a rapport to support this conversation. And Ms. B most likely appreciates this feedback and the opportunity to correct it. However, what is missing is that Miss A didn't say what she needed to correct the problem. She's still just complaining, although she's complaining to the right source. We still need a solution, so let's jump back into the scene. So I think what would have made me feel better is that when you were late, you jumped in and got your bearings to what we were doing and then shared two to three ideas. This would help us feel like although you had a distraction, you were committed to our team being as great as it could be. An end scene. So if Ms. B was feeling attacked, she now knows what your expectation was and how she missed that bar. She was so frustrated in her own problem, she didn't even see how it was affecting others. But now she's realized and can prioritize where her energy goes, even if another distraction comes along. So let's end the story on a positive note and say that Miss B apologized to Miss A for the situation and promised that going forward she'd be present physically and mentally at planning. So they returned to their classes and they had a fantastic day. So why is this conversation so powerful? Well, Miss A was frustrated with Miss B. And Miss A addressed that frustration with Miss B with a solution to help close this expectation gap. You know, Miss B was open to hearing this feedback and she agreed to meet the expectations going forward. So no time was wasted of someone being frustrated and complaining to the wrong people. There was a feeling of frustration, but it was addressed and both parties are now moving forward. So end of our story for today. I hope what you're realizing are particular missed opportunities in your own work life where you could have had a conversation, although awkward at first, but would prove productive for your work relationship. You know, it's a win-win and that you can get over your obstacle of a particular feeling or grievance. And then the other person causing this obstacle is privy to how they can contribute to this obstacle and have a chance to rise to the occasion going forward. So these conversations are worth having. They create healthier working relationships, and they save a lot of time that was spent being frustrated on focusing on the important work ahead. So if you're feeling uneasy about something someone says or does, you owe it to them to speak respectfully one-on-one -on -one about it while bringing a solution to the table. And they may decide not to take your feedback, but at least you did your due diligence of bringing it up so it could be avoided in the future. So props to those of you willing to take the risk and try this out right now at work. I'm here to support you and I'm proud of you for showing the drive uh, to gain healthy relationships in the workplace. 
All right, elite educators, that's a wrap for this week's podcast on conversing with purpose. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. Calling elite educators. Are you in need of feeling empowered by someone who is just like you, who does just what you do, and well, just gets it? Then hop on over to alwaysalesson.com to learn more on the blog for tips and tricks of remaining passionate about your current work. Also, check out our social media links for more personal connection to other elite educators just like you. And if you're a newbie educator, grab a copy of my book, Elementary Education 101, What They Didn't Teach You in College, to ensure you beat the learning curve and end your first year ahead of the game. Alwaysalesson.com provides something for everyone. So elite educators, stop by today and get empowered.